they could look at all the virtual tours in the world and all the pictures and do everything they wanted over the phone, but they needed hands-on eyes on the property. And that was me. Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community, conversation, and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today, I am grateful to have Eddie Mulcairns of Keller Williams Real Estate a real estate professional. Hey, Eddie, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark, how are you? Thanks for having me. So, Eddie, tell everybody how you got into this business and why. Um, well, I got into the business, I guess, about, oh, I don't know, 17 years ago, maybe, around 2001, um, 2000, 2001. And I got into the business, I was in construction, I got injured. And I had to get retrained pretty much. And I didn't know a lot else, but I knew some people in the real estate business. And to be honest, I thought they had the best life in the world. They got to do what they wanted and didn't work hard and didn't do much. So I'm like, hey, I can do that. And little did I know that I wouldn't have all this time off that people that I assumed people have and, um, you know, working day and night. But it's been enjoyable and for the most part, and here I am, you know, all these years later and still doing it. So that accent doesn't sound uh, native to the Boston area. Where are you from? Uh, from Ireland originally. Um, came here in 1991. Came to California, spent a couple of years in California and ended up coming to the, the side of the country and ended up staying here. And here I am. How old were you when you came over? Uh, I had just right around 18. I was 17. I think I just turned 18, actually. Tell us about your home back in Ireland. Uh, well, I grew up on the west coast of Ireland, um, off the coast of Ireland. I grew up in Galway, but in a place called the Aran Islands, um, three small islands off the coast, um, about 30 miles out into the Atlantic. Next stop after us is the, the United States. So that was it. Just grew up. Grew up there, small place, very small population where I grew up, about a thousand people. And, you know, looking back, it was a great upbringing, very, a lot of freedom at the time, probably didn't realize it. But, you know, looking back today, it was just a, a great, great time and a great life experience. So after you matriculated through school, you decided to come to the United States. Were you coming for a visit or were you coming to live? Yeah, no, I just, I honestly, I came for a visit. And, um, you know, at the time I came to a, my cousin's wedding. And it was, I think, in September, and the weather in Ireland would not be that good. And I'm in California, and the weather was pretty good. And I'm like, hey, let me hang out here for a couple of weeks. And then it was like, hey, let me stay for a month. And then, you know, we're getting closer to the middle of winter. And I'm like, ah, let me wait till the spring. And then, you know, the rest is history. I just, you know, I didn't want to go back to the rain. I liked California. I liked the weather. I love so, it. Um, so what brought you to the East Coast? Um, I actually came to visit some friends and again, you know, I was young and probably young and stupid, I guess, but I uh, came to visit some friends for a long weekend and um, just kind of, you know, met up with some people, met a kid, a friend of a friend. And he's like, Hey, the guy I work for is looking for some um, 
help and has a lot of work. And then I, I met with him and I'm like, hey, why not? I'll give this a try. So I just said I'd try here for a for a little bit and then stayed here. So what type of making a lot of good friends? What type of work were you doing for them? Um, I was in construction. I was uh, building houses. We're building a lot of houses. So that's what I done for a lot of years. I was then just in construction between residential and then got into some um, heavy construction, worked in the, on the big dig actually is where I worked for quite a while. And, um, you know, it was, uh, it was good. I worked in there as a foreman and worked on the tunnels and, but that's where I ended up um, just had an injury there. I got a fell off a ladder, short fall, had a bad injury on my arm and I just couldn't um, work in construction and then onto real estate. Well, it's kind of a nice transition for your clients in real estate to have that background in, in construction. Has that been helpful for you? Yeah, it actually has been very, very helpful. And I think throughout my whole career, I would say, um, it's just one of the things I bring to the table. I just, you know, I know what I'm looking at. I'm not looking at houses for pretty colors or what looks pretty. I kind of, you know, I wouldn't say I always know, but I kind of, before we get into the the point of somebody falls in love with a house and then they do a home inspection and it falls apart, which, you know, does happen with people. But I like to point out what I see and what I don't see beforehand and then let them make an educated decision after that. I would imagine your clients would love having you as an advocate knowing about the construction world because so many buyers are so clueless when it comes to construction. Yeah, I mean, it really is. It has been, it has been very helpful. And, and even to the point of um, last week, I have a client who's been looking, they're relocating from down south, relocating here for work. And we've looked at numerous houses and they got outbid and, you know, waited too long. And, you know, for different reasons, a lot of it mostly outbid on houses. And um, a house that we had been going to look at, it was down in uh, like the uh, Medway Rentham area, a house we were supposed to look at, had gone under agreement. It came back on the market, it had fallen apart. It was just a septic issue. They couldn't get it done in time. But um, I got back into the house, looked at the house, walked through it on the phone, just like I am right now. We were on FaceTime, walked through the house um, with them, and they put the house under agreement. And it's like, uh, you know, close to $900,000 house. And they didn't see it until after they signed their purchase and sale. And when I met them that day to do a walkthrough, because they flew up here, and um, I said, okay, do you like it? And they're like, we love it. They're like, you've done good. And he said, I can't believe I put pretty much close to a million dollars worth of trust in you, but I can see why I did. He said, because I trusted everything you said. So, you know, again, we weren't looking at pretty colors. We went through the house and, you know, I went through it step-by-step on what it did need and what it was going to need and what it didn't need. And it worked out well. And I mean, there isn't, I don't think there's a lot of people that will do that. No, that, 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 that doesn't feel good for a lot of people, but it feels good that they had the ability to trust in somebody who, who knew the ins and outs of construction. Now, I heard you yeah. mention that they had been outbid, this and that. For our listening audience, we're in the middle of August 2021. So, uh, Eddie, just to recap your math, you've been doing this for 20 years, buddy. Yeah, I think pretty much, yeah, <laughs> I guess. Wow. Yeah. I thought I was thinking 17, but I guess 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, uh, it flies by when you're having fun, doesn't it? Yeah, there has been, it has been a lot, I will say, it has been a lot of fun, you know, like anything, there's been, you know, good and bad days, but um, there's been more good than bad days. Well, that's the key to success, you know? right? Yeah, um, you know, I don't take, I, you know, some of the people I work with, they think I'm, you know, they'll say sometimes like, you know, they, they might think I'm a little what they might consider lackadaisy, but I'm like, you can't get worked up about the stuff you can't control. I don't worry about, as you know, Mark, when I get into, you know, I get something under agreement and I pass it on to you for your, your job is to do the purchase and sale. And as you know me a long time, I don't get involved in that. I just make sure you know what you need to have in it. And then I let you do your job. I don't get caught up in everybody else's job. I don't worry. I don't get caught up in yours. The mortgage guys, you know, if it's a home inspector, I don't need to get caught up in their job or get, get my nose stuck in it. I do my job, do what I got to do and let everyone else do their job and work as a team. And it's, as you know, it works out great. The right team makes things happen. That's right. That's right. And you can trust your teammates to do the work so that you can go out and, and do other, other profitable things. Exactly. So, so middle of August, 2021, you've been doing this 20 years. What are you seeing in the market right now? Pull out the crystal ball a little bit. And, you know, that's the hard, uh, a hard one. I mean, I, I myself see, I mean, it's obviously it's busy. There's a lot of like, um, as we've had for the last while, there's a lot of like panic buys, I would call them. A lot of people are, are, I believe, and again, it's my opinion, a lot of people are caught up in the low interest rates we should buy. Um, but I do see a little bit of pullback and I do see, I feel the market's going to get a little bit, you know, a lot more inventory in the very near future. Yeah. And I myself, again, it's my opinion, a lot of people disagree with me, but it's my opinion that the market will change very quickly because it, it always only takes one, one or two things with, throughout the world. And, you know, there's some stuff going on right now that could change things very quick for a lot of people. Well, and, um, tell us a little bit about that. Tell us about some of the distress that you are seeing out there. I mean, um, I mean, I... I guess I'm seeing a lot of, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of buyers now who are saying, okay, enough's enough. I'm, I'm going to rent. I'm not going to buy, but you know, I see what's going on and you know, like what, you know, with Afghanistan right now, I just see changes. People are going to, I feel going to get worried and are going to pull back. I think it takes a couple of little things. People are going to pull back and sit back and say, let's wait and see what happens in the world, which in turn, you know, will change the market. If people sit back and say, I'm going to hold on to my money. They're not going to, you know, go and spend the money. Then buyer sellers are going to start to do the whole panic. Why aren't we getting multiple offers? Why aren't people banging down our door? Do we need to drop prices? What are we going to do? So it's just what I see. I, you know, I can kind of feel it coming, but when is it going to come? I mean, I know some experts say it's not going to. Others think it will. Um, my belief is it will. Not as bad maybe as it was before. But I feel there's I feel there's a change coming, and the change when I say a change, I mean the change in, you know, houses aren't going to sell in you know in two days like they've been doing. 
it's going to go back to what I'd consider a normal market where it's going to take you two months to get a house under agreement or a month, maybe a price drop, maybe a correction. You know, it's not going to be just do one open house and, you know, 200 people show up and they're all fighting for the house. It might take, you know, back to the whole three or four weeks, five weeks of doing open houses to get the right buyer. That's just what I feel. I mean, again, if that happens, it's not a bad thing. People will still buy and it just gives you a little bit of um, breathing room. But it, it defines more of a healthy market, that's for sure, because this market doesn't feel healthy with the no. imbalance. No, I don't, I don't, I myself do not like, you know, I hear it all the time. I heard it from somebody two days ago. They said, oh, you must love this being in real estate. Houses are flying off the market. I go, that's off the shelf. And I go, that's great. If you can get the listings, which is hard to get because, you know, they're not as people are selling and they're selling quicker. So you don't have a lot of inventory to work with. Um, I would prefer a slower market. I think I don't like the market. I, I don't like the way the market is today. I do feel, yes, interest rates are low. People are buying a lot of stuff and a lot of houses, but there are still, which there always is in every market, a lot of people are overspending. They're spending money they shouldn't, ha shouldn't spend and overextending themselves. And we've seen this before. And I, I think, Mark, me and you have done a lot of stuff where we've dealt with people who have done this in the past. And, you know, it, I hate to say it, but I, I've seen them popping up already the pre-foreclosures and the short sales, they're, they're starting to creep up slowly. And the way things are going, you know, we could have a lot more of them in the near future. Well, let's talk about those people for a minute. So we recently worked on a file where there was a, a struggle, a payment struggle, but yet there was a lot of appreciation in the home. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So, yeah, we just, yeah, as you said, we just done a, a, a deal and there was a, you know, a struggle and, you know, there were some stuff, some stuff going on, health issues or, you know, personal issues going on within the household. And, you know, they had ran into some difficulty on making payments and tried to modify with the banks. And again, you know, a, a thing I, I said to them when they finally called me was, even when you talk to the banks and no offense to any bank that's listening, but the banks don't care about you. The banks care about the banks and they care about their money. So the banks were not, were, you know, promised to help, but they're not going to help. In my opinion, they're not going to help you unless it's in their benefit. And when I got you involved and me, we got involved, but the market had appreciated so much that now there was equity in this house and we had to struggle to get the banks to back off, which again, thank you, Mark, because you got that done. And we got the bank to hold off so we could get this deal done. Um, but that was just because of the appreciation in the market. I mean, if this was, you know, two years ago, three years ago, that appreciation wouldn't have been there. We would have been in a whole different situation, much like things were back in, you know, 08, 09. Right, um, where the where there were all short sales and the banks were slow to move, that was quite the yes. opposite. 
because Thanks. these folks knew there was value there and they were super, super aggressive to the point where we had to um, place the borrower into bankruptcy the, the day before the auction because they were coming so yes. aggressively, even through the whole COVID uh, moratoriums, they, were, they weren't uh, subject to those rules and they, they kept coming. But we taught, we refer to this as the race to equity because we feel as though there's gonna be a lot of this coming. You know, when there was a lot yes. of short sales coming in 08, 09, it's very different because these folks have the ability to capture that equity. And, and thanks to you and your team and putting it all together, those folks were able to dust off, take some money, and, and hit the restart button, which is great. And I think there's a lot of more people out there. So what, what do you say to those people who are listening, who you know, are struggling to make the payments as they existed pre-COVID and now COVID has come and gone? What, what do you say to them so that they don't get caught up in a situation like that last? Well, couple days? you know, yeah. The first thing I say to people when I when I talk to them or I talk to them and they they kind of mention any anything like that, the first thing I say to people and advise them is I go, one thing I need you to do is stay off Google and stop Googling nonsense because you're going to get all these stupid answers and non-experts have opinions. And you need to call an expert like me, or if it's not me, but call somebody like me who's going to put you in touch with a good attorney and a great attorney and you know again there's you know there's a lot of realtors there's a lot of really good ones there's a lot of really great ones there's a lot of ones that are average there's that's just the way it is but you got to get in touch with the right person who knows what they're doing and has dealt with this before and the same thing with you know with an attorney i mean you can call any attorney you want but you need to get someone who has experience and again, that's people like yourself, Mark, that know what's going on and not um, not just think it's a normal closing. Because a lot of people, you know, have got used to the whole, hey, yes, get the file, plenty of equity, no problem with the loan, and we're just ready to close. And when you run into these problems and issues, I guess we'll call them, because they are just issues. It's not really, it's, you know, there's no problem, only solutions. And you got to figure out the solution and you got to have the, the person that knows how to adapt to it. That's I know so, that makes sense. It totally makes sense. And it's so, so accurate. No problems, no issues, only solutions. So yeah. in this, in this limited market, I know that there are, there is a uptick in the inventory. Some of the sellers are starting to come out, but how do we get some of those sellers to make the decision? Okay it's time to buy. I know we talked about the distressed folks. This makes sense. You're at your, at the highest it's ever been. Here's a great opportunity to make a move before the bank gets to you. But what about the other folks? You know, the folks that somebody just graduated high school, maybe, and they have, they don't need as big a house or they graduated college or, or, or something like that. How do you help convince them that this is a good opportunity to sell and, and that they won't be left homeless? I mean, I think the, the way, obviously, the way to show them is, you know, to show them and say, hey, look, I mean, has your house ever been worth what it's worth right now? Because let me show you what it's worth. And what can you do with that money? You know, yes, you're going to sell high. And if you buy, you're going to buy high. But maybe 
you sell and you rent for a year, you decide where you're going. I mean, if you're going to be an empty nester, do you decide what you want to do? Do you go rent? I mean, there's a, you know, as we know, there's like a ton of like high rise, you know, or our luxury apartments being built. And I have a, a lot of clients who are actually doing that and are like, hey, we're going to sell. We're going to do a, take a step back. We're going to put our stuff in storage and we're going to rent a really nice place, whether it be on the water or a nice complex or rent for a year. It's high rent, but let's just sit back and then take our time and look. And if we're, you know, if you're downsizing and um, it's a great way to do it. And I mean, again, you know, there are houses, as we know, houses are selling right now, um, you know, for houses are selling for more than villages sold for 50 years ago, right. neighborhoods sold for. So it's like, you know, anyone that can do it and has another option, whether it be a vacation home, a holiday home, uh, you know, another a house they can go live in, I would say, why not? I wouldn't be waiting for it to go up more. Maybe it will. Maybe it'll go up a little more. But, you know, it might appreciate 5%. But as we all know in history, you know, history has a way of repeating itself. When it depreciates, it's not going to depreciate the 4 or 5%. It depreciates, you know, the 20%. Goes up 5, comes down 20. So I, that's my way of talking to people and saying, hey, just look at history because it will repeat itself. Always does. So how do you typically find clients? I mean, 90% um, of my business is referrals from former clients, uh, you know, family, friends, or former, you know, former clients. Um, and that's it. I just, I stay in touch with my client, with my database. And, um, you know, I just... You know, I make sure that people, I guess one of the biggest things I think in my business and maybe in a lot of businesses is that um, to keep in touch with your people and let them know that you still do this and, you know, you do a good job for one person, they will tell, you know, 10 people. And that's what I try and do. So say one of those people in your database that you're keeping in touch with is at the office and they hear that somebody's thinking about moving what what type of script would you want them to say to that person in order to to introduce you um i would just want them to you know say hey um uh i don't know hey if you're thinking of selling you know call call eddie here call eddie mulkerns because he's done a great job for us he's you know very professional knows what he's doing and I won't, um, you know, I won't, I don't know what, I don't know if I can use the word, but I won't bullshit them. I'll say it anyway, but I'm not going to, I'm just going to tell them what it is and they have to make a decision on what they want to do. I'm not going to come in and tell somebody that, hey, you're going to get, you know, unlimited money for your house. You're not, you're going to get what the market dictates, but I will get you top dollar for your house. I will get you the best deal for your house that works for you. And that's, you know, that's what I want to do. So on that same line of questioning, after the closing happens, we go through all of the process, the whole experience, the ups and the downs, the emotions, the sweat, blood and tears. And that person sits down to write a review, a testimonial on one of your social platforms. What are they saying right after the closing? I mean, I would hope, and most of them usually do say, what a great job I done and how I walked them through it and took the um, pressure off them. Um, 
what I would usually say to a lot of my clients when we, you know, once we get our contract signed and we're ready to go, I'll always tell them, like, if it's a seller, I'll say, look, here, your job is get the house ready for me to show it and get it under agreement. Once we get the house under contract, I want you to use, you know, the attorney. We're going to get the attorney. We're going to get everything signed. We're going to take care of the paperwork. Your next job is I'm going to give you movers to call. You worry about packing up your stuff, get it ready for a move and get it ready for where you're going. I don't want you to have to worry about doing anything else. You just worry about what you've got to do in the house and I'll take care of everything else. I'll tell you what I need. I'm not going to call you with stupid stuff. I'm not going to stress you out with stupid stuff. I'm just going to have you do your thing and let me do my job. And that's what a lot of people will always say about me is that, um, like I had one client say, like just it was like a, maybe a month ago, he goes, it was easier than selling the car, selling my condo. He goes, I didn't have to do anything. He said, all I had to do was pack up my stuff. He goes, and that was it. I had to put my stuff in, in boxes and I moved. He said, it couldn't have been any easier. And, and that's what I want to hear. I want to hear how great it was. And I want to get those texts and I want to get those messages about what a great job I'm doing. And if they, if I do that, then I know if I get those, then I know I've done my job. That's great. That's great. So take the pressure off. Let me focus on what I need to focus on and then let the professionals do the rest. What a great message. Yeah. Cause I've, I've heard, you know, I've, I've, I've dealt with this where like, um, you know, you know, we in, in deals, whether it be the buyer, the seller, or whatever. And again, you know, something happens. There's a there's a snafu with the financing or, you know, on the buyer or something happened. You know, something little happened, but you know, you talk to the mortgage person, you talk to the attorney, you know it's going to get worked out. It's just, oh, there might be a hold up here. We might need another week. We might need another five days. You know, there's always something like that. But something like that comes up. Again. One of my big philosophies is no problems, only solutions. Right. I always think of that. And I always have that in my mind. And, you know, never give up. But I, I always think of that. So I don't need to call my seller and stress them out and say, oh, my God, we might need another week. I call them when I know we need another week. I don't say we might. I call them when I know and I see what I can work out behind the scenes and when I have the full story. I don't want to come with a half a story. I don't want to come with stressing them out and having them losing a night's sleep. I'm worried. There's no need to do that. You know, I don't, and I, I know a lot of, I think a lot of realtors do that. They, they're on the phone every two minutes. They hear something and they're like, oh, deliver the news right away. You got to sit back sometimes and think about what you're going to say and what the consequences are of what you're going to do. But wait till you have it fully. I don't want to, you know, if a mortgage person calls me and says, hey, we might need another three days. Um, I had it recently where a mortgage or a broker, a real estate agent called me and said, oh, the buyer is probably going to need another two weeks. So we're going to need another two weeks on the mortgage commitment. And we just said, it's like, you know, we had a ton of like backup offers. And we said, well, why? And what we got was, oh, I don't know. And I said, well, I need a bit more than I don't know. I can't go to somebody and say, I need two more weeks on a mortgage commitment without a reason. And if you don't have a reason, I mean, they're probably going to say to me, go to the next, um, go to the next buyer because the next buyer can close in three weeks. Probably an hour later, we had a mortgage commitment. So I didn't need to make that call. It, it worked itself out by just, you know, 
I guess calling them out. So I don't um, I don't believe in you know to jump on the phone and make the call right away. You got to get all the info and get everybody on the same page. And again, back to get the right team in place. You know. Yeah. Right. Why panic people when it's unnecessary? Now, let me ask you about yeah. the, the industry as a whole, right? So a lot of people are seeing big tech and fintech and all of these different avenues to, you know, in theory, take out the relationship person. What do you say to somebody who's thinking about getting into the industry, maybe someone just out of school or somebody who's looking to switch careers? What do you say to them about the industry and the future of the industry? I mean, I think, um, you know, they stay, I think, again, I don't, I, I'm not, you know, me personally, I'm not a big fan of those, you know, just the big conglomerate, you know, yeah. I believe it's a personal relationship because, you know what, right now, um, you know, the way the market has been the last few years, you know, um, I know, I guess, you know, anybody can sell a house the last few years, you know, for the most part, they've just been, you know, there hasn't been a lot of inventory and people are buying houses and it's been somewhat easy, but when it goes back to, it takes a bit longer. And when you have to have the personal relationships, I think that's where a lot of people are going to be lacking when they're relying on all technology and not having, having relationships. Cause you know, yes, you can get a go online and you can do everything you want online. But at the end of the day, you know, going online isn't, you know, the computer can't walk you through the house to show you the house. Just like I said, the people I just sold a house to from out of state, they could look at all the virtual tours in the world and all the pictures and do everything they wanted over the phone, but they needed hands-on, eyes on the property, and that was me. I think so even, I think people need to think of that. I think even more so now in this in this wild market that these relationships are so important, especially with the the sellers who are trying to analyze which offer to accept right even though it's you know you yeah. got things on the market and it's gonna have multiple offers you have to decide which one is right because it's it's an important decision and and the buyers you know those folks that are running around trying to identify and put their best foot forward you know you're not doing that yourself i can tell you that no and and uh, and you know again it's um yeah i think you're right on that because you know a lot of um you know, a lot of these offers come in. And again, if, if, if you're doing everything online and you're not, you know, you don't have a hands-on person, then all they are is just pieces of paper. There has to be, and you know, I know everyone now will write letters and say, oh, we want to move into the neighborhood. We want the house, this and that. But I like to actually call people and talk to people and see how committed they are. Because, you know, you, get a, you can get a lot of offers, but there are a lot of people out there and they're making offers on houses and then they change their minds. Yeah. That's why you'll see that, you know, luckily now the way things are, people change their minds. And, you know, for the most part, people will have backup offers. But you don't hear the story at all about the three offers that fell apart and you ended up, or, you know, two fell apart and you ended up at the third one and because you had all these backup offers. Right. So yeah, I think you do need that relationship part, and you know, it's it's very. I mean, I it's the way I run my business, and it's it's worked out well, and it's the way I'm going to continue to run it. And I think it's something that a lot of people, more people, should, you know, consider. They should be in charge of. They should be in charge of their own database and know people, 
and know who you have in it and not not you know not just add people and hope for the best you know so that goes back to that same question is you know what do you tell that person day one what what should that person be doing day one once they decide they're going to be a real estate agent um I guess the, I mean, the first thing I tell people is build your database up with people you know and not just random names and numbers and get in touch with people and let people know what you're doing and let people know you're going to do this and that you're there for them. And not, um, you know, not just treat everyone like a number. I don't like, I don't believe in the, you know, I don't want to call people up and use a script on them. I want to call people and have a conversation. When I run into people, I want to have a conversation and, because I consider them, you know, clients and friends. They might not be great friends, but they're still friends. And people want to do, at the end of the day, people want to do business with people they like and people that care. That's great. And, you know, it's, it's what I want to do. So I think, you know, maybe it's not what everyone wants to do, but it's what I want. The people I work with, it's what I want. So, Eddie, if someone's listening to this and they're sitting there, sitting back saying, I, I really like this guy. I want to, I want to work with this guy. What's the best way that they would get in touch with you? Um, I mean, the best, obviously best way is my, my phone number, my cell phone, which is 617-908-7503. But easiest way for people to get in touch with me usually is like my email or my website is, and I, and again, as I said at the start, I'm from the Aran Islands, which is off the coast of Galway. So I call my team Aaron Realty. So if you go on to aaronrealty.com, it'll come to me. You'll get my contact info that way. And that's A-R-A-N Realty. Yes, A-R-A-N Realty. And that phone number again was? 617-908-7503. And of course, the most important question of them all, as you know, we're going to get together at some point down the line with all the folks that have uh, agreed to be on the podcast and we're going to do a, a karaoke party. So Eddie, oh, you're yeah. up, you're up on stage. What are you singing? Oh boy. Depends. What time of the night is it? <laughs> <laughs> it depends what was sang before me, but I mean, you know, um, what do we go? I guess you can't go wrong if, uh, you know, in the area would, you know, maybe some sweet Caroline. Yeah. Neil Diamond. That's a good one. Gets the crowd into it. Gets the crowd into it. But guess what? Someone already sang that one. So what do you got? I can, um, you know, it's, a, it's um, there's a saying, uh, there's an ability. Every Irish person has the ability to sing along to any song, whether they know the words or not. I love that. So it's, a, it's an old, old saying. But um, one I always loved, and it was probably because of being an immigrant and growing up and so many people leaving home. And me leaving home and, you know, just always was, was a John Denver song, Leaving on a Jet Plane. That was the song when I was growing up was always, and even till today, is one of the last songs played in a, a bar or a club in Ireland is Leaving on a Jet Plane by John Denver. Because somebody is always leaving. Oh, that's funny. And it was you back at 18 yeah. years old. Yeah, you know, and um, yeah, so it's, um, I think that'd be another one I do. I love that song anyway. You know, so that would be, yeah, that'd be another one. I don't think anyone has picked that one yet. No, they haven't, but you will sing it. Do you get home much? Um, yeah, I usually get home once or twice a year. I have, but I haven't been able to get home in the last couple of years um, due to 
you know, this COVID. And yeah. then I was just supposed to go this week, but I decided not to go because, um, again, I was afraid of getting stuck. And I have, uh, I have two teenage daughters who, you know, have to get back to school. So I was afraid that the rules might change for international travels. So I didn't, um, I didn't want to take that chance. I'm getting, you know, getting stuck there and, you know, they can change the rules as they go and I didn't want to be caught. Right. Plus you got a lot of clients out here that you need to take care of too. I do. I, I, yeah. I've got a lot of, you know, there's always a lot of stuff going on and, you know, it's okay. You can do a lot of stuff, you know, you can do a lot of stuff uh, remotely, but at the end of the day, I, I'm more of a, um, you know, as you know, I'm more of a hands-on go show a house. I don't, I don't do, I don't do as much stuff online as other people. I like to, uh, are on emails. I'm more of a phone call and keep in touch that way. That's just the way I am. I like that. Eddie, I appreciate your time. I hope you enjoy your time up in New Hampshire. And um, I look forward to seeing you very soon. All right. Well, thanks very much, Mark. Enjoy the, enjoy the rest of your day. You too, buddy. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest, feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com. That's M-S-T-I-L-E-S at styles-law.com. And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. Today's episode is sponsored by Title. Secure Title helps Massachusetts real estate attorneys, real estate agents, loan professionals, buyers, and sellers with all of their title, settlement, and escrow needs. Secure Title, S-E-C-U-R-I-T-I-T-L-E.com, where security and title come together. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial, or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.